0: Went straight down the middle.
1: Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Golf Talk Washington. I remain your ever humble caddy, Josh Kearns. As you know, I am slightly obsessed not only with golf, but the art of teaching golf, and I've been fortunate enough to feature some of the country's best teachers on the show over the years. We are so blessed to have so many great teachers headquartered here in Western Washington. And boy, it's such a treat whenever I can bring them to you. One of those is a guy I am humbled and honored to call not only a mentor, but a friend. He's my pro bro, better known as Keith Bennett PGA. And for those who've heard me call him pro bro on the show and wonder why, it's because every time I send him a voice text with Siri, Instead of pro, Siri changes it to bro, hence pro-bro. Anyway, you've obviously heard Keith's wisdom often on the show, and hopefully you're among the over 60,000 people following his daily pearls of wisdom on Instagram. His list of students runs the gamut from total beginners to top players. He's even got a smattering of celebrities, including rapper Macklemore and NFL and Huskies great Jermaine Curse among them. And that devoted audience is just one reason why... Keith was chosen this week as the PGA Teacher of the Year by the Western Washington Chapter of the PGA. Let me tell you, this is no small feat. It is a well-deserved honor voted on, chosen by his peers. According to Brian Curry over at the chapter, the PGA Teacher of the Year Award bestows, and I'm quoting now, special recognition on a PGA golf pro who has performed outstanding services as a golf teacher and coach. The award is based on a professional's overall performance and teaching, unusual, innovative, and special teaching programs initiated or implemented, articles published, as well as outstanding golfers the professional has instructed, not me included." Well, it's funny, it just so happens I'd planned to have Keith on the show to help us gear up our games through the fall and winter, and last week I recorded an interview with him, of course, just like a day before the award was announced. So anyway, we've got the Western Washington Chapter PGA Golf Teacher of the Year, so give a listen as Keith and I chat about practical things we can all do to keep from losing what we've built up throughout the season, or hopefully keep on growing. We've got a great list of, of things you can do, how to improve your speed, your strength, your flexibility, and also a great list of training aids you can add to the Christmas list that you can use at home throughout the winter, even if it gets a little too chilly to hit the range or the course as often as you like. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Keith Bennett, the PGA Teacher of the Year. You know, we're lucky because we get to follow you uh, on Instagram, and and you, you know, provide incredible content every day, and it's been fun for me to watch as your teaching has evolved, and you've, uh, you know, you've brought in new tools and and just different techniques and you've, you know, you, you've you evolved the pool noodle setup into these elaborate uh, swing plane structures and things like that. But have you as a teacher um, grown, you know, with that, that, that amount of, of lessons that you have done over throughout the year, I would think that as a teacher, that's really, you know, that your craft has just grown exponentially as well this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The more practice you can get doing anything, uh, the better you're going to get at it. So, the more reps I can get, the more different types of people I can coach uh, the the various stages along their golfing career uh, journey. Uh, any of that sort of stuff is fantastic for me as a coach to add some things to my toolbox. Uh, and yeah, I've definitely grown as a coach uh, exponentially within the last five months. I mean, I've had more students than I've ever had in the past, uh, you know, more regular lesson takers, uh, more people setting goals that they want to achieve for the season. Um, So it's always fun to work with, with various, you know, folks along their journey, whether they're just starting out, I enjoy beginner lessons who have never picked up a club just as much as I enjoy somebody who's been playing golf for 20 years and, and wants to enter tournament golf or play in the Washington am or, or whatever their goals may be. So, you know, that sort of thing, I think I'm, I'm evolving in my ability to work with people. Um, kind of learning that it really is a teaching slash coaching, but I'm p- more emphasis on the coaching aspect of it. You know, the, the mechanics of the golf swing are not very complicated and, and don't require much more than a couple of lessons. If, if somebody already has a pretty basic idea of what's going on with the golf club, but then it comes down to the coaching aspect of it, figuring out asking the right questions, figuring out what that person needs, how they learn, what their goals are, what their motivations are. That really, for me, has been the next evolution in my coaching and ability to help the individual in front of me. So asking the right questions, I think, is, is something that I've definitely gotten better at. Right on. Well, let's talk about goals, because that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you back
1: on the show and catch up. Besides the fact that I always have had a man sized golf crush on you, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so, you know, but that's one of, you know, obviously there are a million guys out there teaching quote unquote technique. Um, but I, you're one of the few people that I've ever worked with, um, you know, and I've had the pleasure of working with that actually teaches people how to play golf. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it's, it, and it's a crazy totally, concept. It is a totally different thing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, when I get all mired in my crap in my head, I remember you're like, uh, Josh, what's the object? Get the ball in the hole. Oh, Oh, oh yeah. But so to <laughs> the, to that end though, Uh, As we start to look at, okay, so we're heading into the fall and the winter. We know people are going to back off at least a little bit, although you have a heated range at the golf club at Newcastle and there are a lot of indoor options and stuff. What do you recommend for people to start thinking about, uh, OK, what do, what do I actually work on? How do I identify what I should be working on? And and what sh- you know, where do how do I start thinking about those goals? Because I know that all too often people are like, well, I just want to hit the ball further. I just want right. to not slice or whatever, which doesn't ultimately achieve what I just articulated, which was. How do we actually play better golf? So how do we start to think about structuring that time that we spend in lessons with you and on the range?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the first thing that people have to be is realistic with how much time that they're going to be able to devote to practice and playing the game. Um, one of the most common mistakes I see from people who come for a lesson is, you know, wanting all this information on how to fix their, their slice and And then I asked them how much they're practicing, you know, you know, I get to the range about once a week, you know, at best. Um, And so we're talking four times a month for an hour. So we're talking four hours a month, right. That you're going to devote to this Um, reality is it's going to take a heck of a lot longer than that. Um, And the other reality is you've been playing that slice for so long on the golf course that you are so accustomed to seeing the ball go from left to right, that you know, if we were, let's say, to break your entire swing down and and get you to hit the ball from right to left, you know, that coveted draw that everybody's after as a right-handed golfer, well, you know, that's going to take so much time for you to get used to on the golf course that you're going to have to see the course from a whole new vantage point, a whole new perspective. Where you're used to aiming off the first tee at Jefferson Park or Jackson Park is going to have to be totally different because the ball is going to be potentially going in the opposite direction. Um, and I can speak from experience where the slightest little tweaks out on the golf course are very hard to get used to. Um, so, you know, I think there's this notion or this, there's romanticism about playing a draw or eliminating your slice, but maybe how about let's just work on playing a little bit less of a slice. Let's just calm that slice down. So it's now kind of a fade. And then maybe over the course of a year, we're kind of working it into more of a, a straighter shot. And then maybe three years down the line, you're be able to hit a draw on the range, but you're still not close to taking it to the course yet. Um, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where the the expectation is that it's going to be a couple lessons. I'm fixed I'm playing a draw. Everything's good. And you know, we're off and running. Um, but it's just, I don't know that that's the best way to go about it. So I think setting realistic expectations for how much you're able to practice is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, and in getting with a coach who is able to help you plot that out along a realistic timeline will make it so much more enjoyable for you as you go, because he or she will be able to sort of show you the pitfalls that that are going to come along with you learning this new skill, um, that kind of say, Hey, When you go to the range, expect to get frustrated for the first week. You know, don't let that deter you from going back. Expect to hit a lot of bad shots as you're figuring this out. But that little bit of perseverance and that little bit of struggle is actually what's really necessary when you're working on something in order for you to get to the light at the end of the tunnel.
1: And you just said something interesting too that, that you know that that strikes me again. If you have four hours uh, a month, let's say to practice, right. is is it worth it to spend that four hours working on just hitting full swings all the time versus maybe you should spend a half an hour of each of those hour long practice sessions, chipping and putting and doing things that will actually lower your score. I mean, this is reiterating things you and I have talked about repeatedly over the years, but even laying out a practice plan so that you're not, I mean, why are you working just on that full swing slice to hit the ball further that maybe that shouldn't necessarily be the end goal in and of itself
0: within the context of our game? Right, right. Yeah. You and I have talked at length about this where, you go to the driving range and you'll see, you know, 75 people on the range and, you know, two people on the putting green. Um, And you go to any PGA tour event and you'll see probably the exact opposite. You'll see more than half the people on the putting green in the short game area. And, you know, about 25% of the people hitting shots, uh, with the full swing, uh, and driver, uh, very little drivers being hit at a PGA tour event. Um, a lot of work being done from 50 yards and in it. And, and it's not like that's just by chance either. Um, you know, you play enough golf, you start to realize that you're not going to have your best ball striking your best iron, your best driving game. Every time you tee it up, especially if you don't play golf very often, you know, I had an interesting conversation with one of my mentors, uh, Henry, the other day, and we were talking about, you know, this, this, this idea of consistency that everyone has in their brains when it comes to golf. You know, the the number one thing I get with people is I want to be more consistent. I want to be more consistent. Well, if you want to be a good, if you want to play well, you need to play a lot. If you want to play consistently, you actually need to play the game consistently. So if you're playing, you know, once a week, then I would spend probably 75% of my time chipping and putting because let's face it, you're going to miss a lot of greens because you're not playing enough golf and you're not hitting enough golf balls and you're, you're, the structure of your practice is probably not very good. But if you can chip and you can make every single putt you face from four feet and in, I promise you that will lower your scores to, you know, to whatever your requisite skill level is.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. You and I played in a pro-am this summer at Lake Padden. I think it was summer. I've lost track of all the days anymore. Uh, it was in the last couple of months. And, you know, I was commenting, you know, I was just like, like pooping my pants over the first four holes. It was like, man, what happens to me in competitive golf? And you're like, well, you don't play many tournaments. So of course you're not comfortable doing that. And it was yep. only when I switched into, I'm just going to play golf. And I was like, Oh, you know, like four over for the last 12 holes or something. And yeah, And it just it really struck me that, again, it's changing that expectation is so. So, well, Okay, so the weather's getting crappy. You know, a lot of people aren't going to be out on the range anyway because they don't want to. But I'm thinking back to all the videos you produced during the pandemic in your condo. And there were some very specific things around, you know. Well, let's, you know, just putting for example, and now you've added the new putting gate I've got from I line, and, you know, what are what are you know when we think about improving those things that we can do throughout the winter. Uh, either in our our places or, you know, we can go out, out. And as long as it's not snowing or pouring rain, I mean, the putting greens are still in great shape around here, even if the course is soaking wet. Sure, so what do sure. you think about some of those, you know, both uh, things to practice as well as uh, some of those tools that you have found have been really beneficial for you and your students this year?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it comes back to that concept of consistency um, and You know, one of the things that I think is at the cornerstone, the foundation of every good golfer is, um, checking in on the fundamentals routinely. Um, so that, that mirror from eye line golf that I use religiously, uh, you know, all that thing does is it, it's going to show me where my eyes are over the line that I'm putting down. It's going to show me is the blade of my putter square to my target line it's going to give me feedback on the role of my golf ball. You know, am I rolling my golf ball straight for the first foot of the putt, which is basically all that's in your control as a golfer. Um, and if I can do those things on a regular basis, then that gives me confidence that my stroke is where it needs to be. That my setup is where it needs to be. My putter face is square. My eyes are relatively over that golf ball. Um, and then it just becomes about practicing reading greens and, and, and picking the right line and, and then working on your speed control religiously. Um, so, you know, something, you know, another thing I do indoors is is one of the best things is you can get a yard stick there, a, a ruler, and you can, you can put a golf ball right down the ruler and, and focus on rolling your ball straight for the first three feet of that putt. And, and, you know, that's one of the, one of the, the skills there in putting that is probably lacking in a lot of amateur golfers that is just not emphasized that would, would, help lower their scores immensely. And it's nothing complicated to do really. Yeah. It's
1: amazing. That one in particular, I was down at at the Chambers Bay Academy recently with Brian Mogg and Ryan Young. And that was one of the drills, you know, the three foot yardstick that's got the little hole on the end and all you had to do was roll it, you know, put it, put it in front of the hole, roll it three
0: feet. That
1: was hard. I
0: couldn't believe how hard it was for (laughs) me to do that. Right. Yeah, imagine if you did that all winter. How you know how confident you'd feel over a three foot, four foot putt when you walked out there in the spring?
1: Yeah, and I want to I want to go back to the eyeline golf. I recommend. I know you. You know you've posted about it a bunch, but if people just go to I-Line golf, eyeline golf, e y e line golf, they've but, got the groove putting mirror, which uh, came out with the new one, and you can put T's yeah. in to make a little gate oh, for awesome. yourself and control yeah. the backswing. Yeah incredible tool. Um, so, and you're not getting a bunch of money for this. So we're not like shilling for it's, it's something you actually use there.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much stick to, I'll promote something if I actually use it and think it's really, really good and of value. And that's one of the tools that I think is one of the best out there. Um, it just has so much versatility and can do pretty much everything you needed to do with your putting stroke, um, for, you know, a reasonable price and it just sticks right into the pocket of your golf bag. So you can have it whenever you need it. So it's, it's, it's fantastic.
1: Another tool that you used a bunch over the winter, um, just happens to also be from my line, is this thing, this this swing laser, the checkpoint swing laser that you stick on your club yeah. oh, and yeah. you actually can yeah. see like as you're going, you awesome. know, as you pull it away and the light, la- the laser's pointing at the line, and then you check yeah. your point. Something like that. I'm I I haven't used that, but it looks super super easy, but super yeah. solid.
0: Yeah, that one is really cool, actually. I'm glad you brought that one up. Um it is. It really falls in line with everything that I coach and everything that I talk about, which is, it provides an external focus of attention. Um, so research has proven enough times now, with enough data collected, that when you focus on anything external, meaning, you know, the target, the golf. The golf ball, the club head, um, you know, anything other than what's going on actually with your body, you know, wrist movements, hand movements, arm movements, um, that you actually learn faster and you retain the knowledge for longer. Um, So what that tool does is it provides an external focus of attention. It's got a laser beam that comes out that points you know, right off the club head and it's got another laser beam that points off the butt end of your golf club. So when you flip the club upside down, you'll see the laser beam hit the floor as well. And then it comes with this really nice green strip that's about 12 feet long. That's act, that that's the target line in golf. Um, And, you know, you could spend the whole winter basically just running those lasers right along the target line. And what you're doing is you're building this nice golf swing that's on plane where the club is always pointing at the target line. And before you know it, you have practiced the movements of the golf club that are required to hit a pretty straight golf shot. And you're not overly worried about what is my right elbow doing? Is it tucked into my side? When, when does my right wrist fold? You know, when does my knee straighten all those questions that I think golfers can kind of go down that spiral. Um, this thing does a really nice job of just, putting you through all those motions. Um, but while maintaining an external focus,
1: you know, it's funny. I just went to the Island golf website and they have a video from you on there with your, with one of your two pugs laying there, well, there on you the go. floor. So if it's good enough for Cosmo or Frida, it's yeah. good enough for the rest of us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cosmo approves.
1: Do you still have the net in your living room? or did your wife finally make you take that thing down? No,
0: the net, I'm looking at the net right now. The net's in its, <laughs> net's in its little bag, uh, holder bag. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was perfect for, for about a month and a half there of, of, uh, doing some online lessons. But as soon as the golf course opened back up, uh, it was back in its little case. Now I have taken it, um, outside. We have a little outdoor area outside of our apartment, um, <laughs> and hit some shots out there, but, uh, it's actually pretty portable actually. Right on. Hey, uh, another tool I want to ask
1: you about, because I noticed you've been doing this a lot more lately, the, the super speed, um, yeah. the three weighted clubs. And obviously, I mean, there's another thing that you can do in your living room, in the backyard, whatever that we could do all summer, all winter long. Uh, your thoughts on super speed, your experiences with that and and why, the, you know, adding that weight, a little bit of weight training is so important.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, And I think that would be something that would be perfect for anybody to do in the offseason, as long as they have space to swing the clubs. Um, I recently completed levels one, two, and three of the super speed certification program. And it was actually a really enlightening and good experience um, just on several fronts. Um, But more so, I would say that the number one question I get is, you know, is this something that is, you know, applicable to a less than skilled golfer? Let's say, you know, I think a lot of people get intimidated. They see better golfers swinging these things at higher speeds and it looks really fluid and the movements look really good. And they're wondering, you know, is this something I can benefit from? And I would actually say that, you know, beginning golfers, people who are still looking to build a repeatable motion in a pretty consistent swing plane would actually benefit more from these super speed programs um, than somebody who actually has a a swing that's pretty built in, in place at this point. Uh, In level one protocol, they have um, workouts that one of them in in particular is called the step change um, where you take a big step with your front foot as you're swinging the back, going to the top of your backswing, and then you're starting the downswing. And what it's teaching you to do is it's teaching you how to separate your upper and lower body in the golf swing and how to sequence uh, the golf swing and what they call the kinematic sequence, which is basically a, a fancy word for, you know, does the lower body fire first? You know, the knees, hips, torso, um, arms, wrist, and then clubhead. basically that that sequencing from the ground up. and that movement and the program that they have in place teaches you how to do those things um, without a clubhead attached to the thing you're swinging. So, you're not really having to worry about squaring up the club face. You're just practicing the motion and and building a nice swing while swinging it at, at some pretty high speeds. So what i found is I'll actually use the super speed sticks in mid lesson. If I'm seeing somebody who's struggling with the sequencing of their body, I'll have them go through the step change drill. Um, and then probably 15, 20 times, and then we have them hit their shots again with their driver. And, and it's pretty, pretty blatant right off the bat that they're able to sequence their body a little bit more properly, just, you know, within the first time using them.
1: And and for people, I just want to take a step back for those who may not be familiar with super speed golf. The it's three different clubs. Um, they're, they're golf clubs, but instead of the, the club head, you have three weights. Uh, yep. One that's that's percent. I think it's what 10% lighter,
0: 5, percent. lighter. 10, yep. So and 20% then, lighter, 10% lighter, and then 5% heavier are the three numbers.
1: And and the premise is essentially that by we can retrain neurologically our brains to swing faster and that we're capable of swinging yep. the club faster if we do the retraining. I, I started doing it again. I'd, I've had them. I got to admit, Keith, I mean, you know me very well, so you won't be surprised by the fact <laughs> that I've had them for three years and I just started using them again. And I've had them on my list. Go Just go out and do it. But anyway, right. I picked I picked up almost 10 miles an hour in, in literally a few weeks. And and it's like, um, I mean, it's crazy. It was like eight miles an hour faster consistently and the ball's going 12, you know, my driver distance is like 12 yards further just by doing these silly little, you know, weighted clubs. So there's yeah. my endorsement.
0: Yeah, it's good. Um, they say it, it trains your, you're basically it trains your neuromuscular response time, um, which is all you're trying to do. Trying to get your your body to respond faster, Um, and it's something that they've done in track and field for years. uh, Running downhill to increase you you know your ability to you know legs to respond faster. You know resistance running. You know someone holding you with a resistance band as you're trying to sprint, and then letting you go, and then you kind of zoom out of the gates a little faster. So what they're doing is it it, is so it's, it's, it's not an, it's not a brand new concept. It's been used for hundreds of years, but it's now just kind of making its way into the golf world.
1: Right on. Well, I tell people to come up and see you, but your lessons are you're full for like the next eight years on lessons because you're so popular, but um, they can still come up. We'll find a time for it. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all of this stuff in the show notes, links to super speed and Line, and to, you know, for folks out there, check out Keith Bennett golf on Instagram, um because you you post i gotta tell you how many people that i've turned on onto your feed over the years who who i will run into them oh my god keith bennett is the greatest thing ever so you really are just i mean you're just a fabulous teacher fabulous communicator
0: thank you sir i uh, appreciate that always trying to get better Right on and then uh, to take
1: lessons with you com, um yep. and and hopefully there will be a few openings so then lastly um other things you know just just sort of in summary any other thoughts uh, on some things that we can do throughout the winter should be thinking about you know whether it's fitness or mm-hmm. you know um what, whatever it may, any other any other, just sort of things, hey, you might want to think about doing this, or here's how I would suggest you start to lay some groundwork so that the, the, the game doesn't go stagnant.
0: Yeah, it, it just super dependent on your commitment, how willing you are to get outside and, and brave the elements. Um, you know, I can't recommend a good uh, rain gear jacket and pant enough, uh, a nice <laughs> warm hat um some some thermal layers and and it's not too bad out there as long as it's not pouring rain. Um so if you're committed to going to play you know I would recommend just playing as much as possible, you know again, it's one of those games where if you don't play it, if you don't get out and play 9 or 18 holes, you can sort of get a little lost in the range um in the range atmosphere, the range culture of golf uh especially here in the northwest. You know the ranges are packed on any given day, uh, but it's just so dissimilar, unfortunately, in a lot of ways to actually playing the game of golf. So you gotta kind of force yourself to get out there and play, even if the weather's not perfect, because there's no substitute for for learning how to score and how to get your golf ball in the hole in the fastest amount of and the fewest amount of swings possible. Um, but with that being said, uh, I can't recommend enough reading books. Uh, there's plenty of good material out there. Um, something I'm really, I'm reading right now is called the art of learning, which again, is not a golf specific book, but it just how, how we should go about practice, how we should go about learning something new. Um, you know, every shot counts is one of my favorite golf books. Anything from Bob Rotella is a incredible jumping off point. If you're just getting into kind of golf psychology, reading books, one of, some of the best stuff you'll ever read, uh, what I reference just continuously in my golf lessons, Um, and yeah, fitness, uh, that's, uh, something that I think that I'm going to try to get a little bit more into this off season, working with my super speed sticks, but also with, uh, with Sean, uh, farmer down there at, uh, golf Letica, trying to get my, my workout program a little bit better because, you know, you, you get a little older so some aches and pains start to creep creep in and and you don't want those to get any worse. I got some bad news for you dude. That creep becomes a, a, a train.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just leaving the station. Oh my god. Yeah, it, it's not a little creep at some point. <laughs> well, Keith Bennett, uh, Keith Bennett Golf Keith, thank you so much. It's always just such a joy, the joy that you have for the game, the passion the sharing. I mean, you really are just such a gift. And so for me, I'm just, I love any time I can pick your brain and spend time with you. So thank you for sharing this with all, with all my listeners there and for making a
0: little time because you are in Yeah. And, and, and uh, thank you for all that you do and, and keeping the the golf population here in Washington abreast of of what's going on in the golfing world. So uh, we appreciate what you do too, my friend two-way street man you know rising tide lifts all boats so all right well we will
1: talk soon i will put all of these resources including the reading list um you know some of those books in the show notes too so folks just go you know look in the show notes that are attached to the show and um you know let's let's all let's have a winter and come back stronger than ever here next year let's do it i'm looking forward to it Alright, there you have it. Western Washington's PGA Teacher of the Year, Keith Bennett. Remember, follow Keith at Keith Bennett Golf on Instagram or check out his website, KeithBennettGolf.com. And that's gonna do it for this edition of Golf Talk Washington. I remain your ever humble caddy, Josh Kearns. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That way, new shows will just drop right into your feed there. And in the meantime, layer up, get out the Gore-Tex and those waterproof boots. it is time. I've worn them a few times already. Hey, and keep hitting them straight and far and go low. Take care. We'll talk soon.